0: Squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on On the the air. air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Here they are Joel and Victoria Osteen. Uh, All the way up from Texas at Lakewood Church, and they're bringing it to New York City this weekend, uh, Saturday. Saturday night at 7, you can see Joel Osteen for Come Home to Hope, a beautiful event. I've been myself. Anyway, Joel and Victoria, welcome back to New York. How are you guys?
1: Hey, great to be with you.
0: Thanks for having us. You know, you are beloved all over the world, but especially here in New York. I think you guys were the first non-sports event at yankee stadium we were back in nine, uh, 2009 yeah it was it was amazing i
1: got to tour the old stadium before they tore it down and then we were the first event there in the new one non-baseball
0: so it's, it's exciting to be back joel uh where do we begin and victoria thank you i mean gosh you guys go um how long have you been married now 35 years Wow. 35
2: years. Going strong? Yeah, 35 (laughs) short years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: If anybody hasn't seen uh, The Night of Hope, uh, it's just amazing. It's very much like the TV show on steroids because you're there in person. (laughs) Yeah. Folks, if you want to go, please go to com. You can get tickets there, or go to ticketmaster.com, or you can also go to yankees.com, and this is something you want to do. I've been there, NJ Pack, and I've been at uh, Yankee Stadium. I've seen them both in person. Absolutely beautiful events. Joel, does it ever get old?
1: No, it really doesn't. It's amazing to, to be around people, to be able to hopefully inspire or encourage somebody. It feels like, you know, what we were all born to do is to help somebody else. I think there's no greater feeling so. You know, Greg, we haven't been on the road in three years since the pandemic and so this is the first time back this Saturday night and I thought, wow, it's amazing how God works that it happened to be Yankee Stadium. You know, there was a partnership there and we talked a few months back and they invited us and I didn't know with all COVID and all everything that's going on people would come out but it's gonna be full and so we're just excited and you know it's always, like I said, it's always great to be able to uplift somebody.
0: You know, uh, uplift somebody. And Joel, you've done that so many times. Anytime, it's un- it's impossible to be depressed around you. Yeah. I think you've heard that maybe once or twice. But Joel, can you talk a little bit about, and Victoria too, running your own race? I heard a, um, a testimony from you. I think you went out for a jog once. Yeah. And you tied it into, you know, so many of us are competitive with other people, especially now with social media. Can you Tell us a little bit about what it means and what you meant by running your own race.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Greg. With all the comparisons now, it's just easy to feel good about yourself until you see somebody doing better, and then you feel depressed and all. But I'll tell you, it's a quick story. I was out. I like to run, and I was running. like a two mile path around my neighborhood, and at one point there was like a. I had a mile stretch, and there was a man in front of me about you know two three hundred yards, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to catch him. I'm going to race him. I thought like, I need this challenge, so. I was racing as fast as I could and trying to catch him, and I was gaining and gaining and gaining little by little, and he didn't even know we are racing, but I'm just racing, <laughs> trying to catch him. Well, I finally caught him, and I passed him, and when I did, I looked around, I realized I'd missed my turn. My turn was a couple blocks back, and it just, it just hit me as being that that's what we do a lot of times in life. We, we're we so competitive with somebody else, trying to catch them, we, we miss our turn. We're not running, running our own race. Part of it, too, Greg, when my father passed, he had pastored Lakewood for 40 years, and then all of a sudden I'm up there, and I think, you know what? i got to be like my dad. Everybody came for my dad. I need to teach like my dad and lead like my dad. But I realized shortly that I, I'm not my dad. You know, God's made us all individually. And so when I stepped into my own shoes, you know, my gift is more encouragement and inspiration. That's when the the ministry really began to take off. So I think it's just, you know, I think it's it's powerful when you realize that we are all equipped and empowered to do what we're called to do. Like, in in, in a better way to say it is, nobody can beat you at being you. Nobody can beat me at being Joel Osteen, you know? So when you realize that, that I'm not competing with anybody else, let's be the best that I can be. Can I be better than I was next year? I I think that's where their full power comes in.
0: Amazing. I know what you mean. I really do. Some days I'm like, i got to be Tucker tonight. i got to be <laughs> Tucker Carlson tonight, and I can't think of it that way. If you don't mind, I'd like to play something from, your, uh, from one of your events, and I've heard you say it many times. Uh, cut 54, if you don't mind, please. Cut 54.
1: God doesn't want you to live and die, and nobody knew you were here. The way to stand out is, number one, honor God with your life. Stay on that high road. Break away from things that are keeping you from being your very best.
0: You talk about honoring God all the time, and quite frankly, uh, it's very important, but I missed it for a while. Honoring, tell us what that means, honoring God. I think we all know, but it's a very important part of your message. It really is. I believe it's the core of my message, and I call it keeping God first place.
1: You know, I was raised in a religious environment, and so, you know, sometimes I I try to maybe speak a little more where... Everybody can understand uh, that wasn't raised like me. Honoring God is making decisions that would please Him, living a life of integrity, being good to others, uh, you know, forgiving the wrongs, overlooking the offenses, treating people with respect. To me, that's how you honor God. You live a life that uh, would be pleasing to Him.
0: You, Victoria, you know, some people say, "Oh, wait a second, it's just it's it's a pep talk." No, it's not. There's a lot more, and that is such a important word, honoring God. Everything Joel just said. A light bulb went off on me, quite frankly. Wait a second. And the Bible, and you got to obey God. you could uh, got to trust Him, but you have to obey Him. And, and honoring God, that word, it's loaded in a good way. Yeah. Fair enough?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, people talk about just positive words or just speaking positive. But we serve a positive God. God is a God that wants to uh, increase us. He wants us to do better. He wants us to give more. He wants us to serve more. He wants us to, you know, be just better to people. And, you know, it's so funny because if you're down and discouraged and defeated and you can't see your way out of of the hole, how can you be that? And so I think that Joel's message, our message at the ministry is to say God is on your side. He will help you. But, yes, you have to honor God. You have to put him first place. You know, God is, is he, we, we work with God. We're partners with God. God's not going to do everything and we're, we can't do everything. So we have to honor him, see where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do. How do we please him? And it's amazing how doors will open for you when you're honoring God and you're not even looking for it, you know? And I think that's where people miss it that, you know, well, I just, I have to be, you know, I have to be just totally sacrificing, totally, you know. But God is like, how, how do I want to follow somebody that's just not even doing anything that's not, you know what I'm saying, is mm-hmm. is not in, is not, you know, out there being positive, being, you know, uplifting people. I don't. I want faith is contagious. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. When you have faith, when you trust God, I don't know, it's just contagious.
0: You know, you guys are social, people unify. When we find out, oh, do you like Joel Osteen? You like Joel Osteen. It's like a club, but it's a very big club. And sometimes people are more people are more open, and I think this is a good thing. They're more open in talking about a person than about God. So we start, hey, do you like Joel? I like Joel, too. You don't necessarily bring up God at work. You know, we're told not to do that. yeah. But it's okay to talk about Joel, and it's an interesting door to a deeper conversation about God. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does.
1: I think it does, Greg. I think it does, and, and you know— um, you're exactly right, Greg. We were talking a little bit off camera about, you know, sometimes you, you, people don't get it all at once. But, I, you know, my thing is we were we were created to be in relationship with our Creator through through Christ. And, boy, life goes better when you when you put Him first place, when you depend on Him. And it's not just, you know, God at Thanksgiving and God at Christmas. And but I don't know. There's, th- there's something that happens, and that's what I try to rely to people, that God wants to be involved in every part of our life and our everyday life. And it just goes better when you— when you know you you have purpose and you're, you're helping others.
2: You know, Greg, can I say this real quick? I think one reason that the message resonates so well, if you're looking for God at all, is because Joel truly lives what he speaks. You know, he faces the same challenges and he overcomes them the same way that he is, you know, telling other people to. And I've lived with Joel for 35 years and I've never seen someone who, you know, just spend so much time with God, sets time apart to spend with God, you know, because we can get so busy doing our own thing, thinking we're working for God that we forget to have a relationship with God. And I think that's what Joel is so great at. And I think that's why his message is so powerful, because he spends time with God. And it's so important. Uh, I don't know, you know. A lot of people don't feel like they don't have enough time to spend with God. When I say spend with God, I mean just take time to pray, to just, you know, let him know you're available, let him know that you're, you know, here, that you seek him, like Joel said, for everything, the big things, the little things, God, I'm dependent on you, you know? And so I think that's really the the, the reason that people see this transparency in him.
0: It's such a gift to all of us. Hey, when you hold up that Bible, and I think it's the very first thing you do. Yeah. Um, the Bible is the bridge. It's so important. I realized, you know, there's so much in there. There's so much in what you're saying and what you're doing. The Bible opened up through you, quite frankly, because I had never read it. I never sat down and read it. I never did. I think most people, quite frankly, a lot of people, even people go to church. You know, we never really study it. Practically speaking, uh, just for practical purposes, how do you uh, suggest people... Tackle the Bible, like what? Because it seems insurmountable. Yeah, it, it seems does. so it burdensome. Not yeah. burdensome, but no, hard. I know what you mean. Yeah, because
1: there's a lot in there that we don't understand. But I, w- I would say you start in Matthew. You start in the Gospels. It's it's the life of Jesus. I think that's an easy way to start. Maybe read some of the Psalms each day. They're just you know David a lot a lot of David talking to God. So I think you start there. And I I, I always say this, Greg. You know, I don't understand everything in the Scripture, but God will cause you to understand what you're supposed to understand. I think the other thing, too, is is there are some great translations now, not just—I grew up like with the King James, and it's kind of not our language today, but there's the living translation, there's the message— well, it's um, it's amazing what you can get out of the out of the scripture when you just take time to read it. Something will jump out at you. Something at the right time in your life, and uh, you know God speaks to us through through the scripture.
0: Is it true that the Bible was designed, you know, by God by the Holy Spirit? It's it's complex on purpose, so it keeps us coming back. I've heard this once, and I'd like to verify from the experts <laughs> that it's complex, so we keep going back. It's not like a book you read. Okay, got that. It's 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 multifaceted because. He wants us to keep nourishing from that same source.
1: I think that's right, Greg. I think that's right. Because, you know, like I said, you may read something, you've read it a hundred times, but the time that you need it, something jumps at you. You You know, it talks about, the scripture says it's alive. And so, yeah, I I think it is that. I think that is true.
2: It's kind of like, Greg, when you were talking about, I've heard you say, honor God, but it never really resonated with me. It, It never really highlighted in my life. And I think that's what happens when you read the Bible. It depends what you're going through. Depends what's going on in your life or what you may need even the next day. What is highlighted in your life? Because God speaks through his word. And even when you're making decisions, you know, you think, well, what, you know, God, do I take this job? Do I don't take this job? Well, there's things that you can uh, see in the Bible, whether it's peace, follow peace. Why are you going to take this job? Why are you going to quit this job? When you start, you know, drilling down and realizing what would honor God? What are my motives you know, what What do I hope to accomplish? It's amazing how God can use his word to speak to you.
0: Hey, backing up for a moment, like when I, honoring God, you know, of course I do. I've, you know, sure, who doesn't? I mean, it sounds like, and then I really thought about it. And at one point, maybe it was at NJ Pack, or I uh, just, wait a second, am, am I really in every facet of my life? And not saying I was doing anything totally crazy, but I was doing plenty of things that the world says you can do. You yeah, know, channel. You know, uh, what, what is that show that everybody likes? Two and a Half Men. You know that kind of craziness that you see on TV. And um, all right, once again, folks, everybody can go see Joel in person. And by the way, if you've seen it on TV, if you've read his books, that's fantastic. But this is this is something else. This is very, very. It's moving. It's powerful. You can go to joelostein.com. You can go to Ticketmaster.com. Yankees.com slash Upcoming Events, and it's the Come Home to Hope event at Yankee Stadium, 7 o'clock, Saturday night. I sure hope you're going to start with something funny. (laughs) Do you do that on the road? I forgot. I'll do it
1: on the road. I got to, yeah. I'll do something
0: funny. (laughs) You mind mind wrapping up with something funny?
1: Oh, Greg, what do I have? Uh, Okay, I'll do my phone. You probably heard it. Okay, so this guy calls the church office, and he says, I want to speak to the head hog at the trough. The secretary was offended. She said, if you mean the pastor, you're going to have to call him pastor, but you may not call him the head hog at the trough. He he said, that's fine, but I was going to make a $5,000 donation to the ministry. She said, hang on,
0: Porky just walked in. uh, (laughs) I love it. I I don't know. (laughs) Hey, Joe, real quick. As a kid, you traveled all over the world, didn't you? I did with my dad. Uh, India. You went to India quite a bit. a lot. Tell us a little bit about how those travels shaped you. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. I mean, you were you were a man of the world. You were yeah. you were on with your dad and and elsewhere and I think you still um with your your bro, your brother who's yes, the ophthalmologist. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're still going um missionary work but actually helping people. Tell us a little bit about those efforts if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, my dad would go over to India once or twice a year and Victoria would go with us as well for for 20 years while my dad was alive. I think what it what it showed me was my dad had a heart to help people that that were, I'd call them the underdog, and I don't mean everybody in India is the underdog, but there were people there, you know, they're they're living in huts and on the streets and things. But my dad had a real heart to how can we how can we lift them, you know we we've. Sometimes all you had to buy is a bicycle for a for a minister over there fifty dollars. It's not much to us these days, but that would change their life to get a bicycle or get a clean running water. And so, Victoria and I spent those um, twenty years just seeing the people in need, and just you know, it just it does something on the inside to say you know what we're blessed to be a blessing. I mean, Greg, practically everybody listening today. In some parts of India, you'd be considered very wealthy because, man, you you live in America. You've got running water, you've got electricity. So, I don't know. I think that helped shape me. And really, it's more than just the trips. But my whole dad, my dad's whole life was always to lift the fallen. Somebody's somebody's knocking somebody down. They made too many mistakes. There's my dad. He's going over there to do to to help them. And so that's what our uh, ministry is about: is how do we lift people? And you know, really, you think about the pandemic; it's pushed people down. There's been loneliness. There's been depression. There's been loss. And so, you know, we're calling the event Saturday night. Come, come home to hope. And it's really, man, we got to start dreaming again, believing again, living again, hoping again. Got to
2: get your hopes up to see the good things God has in store. We were so blessed this morning to be in the Bronx, helping uh, uh, mothers to be, expectant mothers, working with World Vision and different groups to get them baby formula. And so we were able to give a lot of baby formula out. And, you know, there's purpose in that. And I think that's what, where we all thrive the best when we find our purpose. And it doesn't necessarily have to be behind a, a, a podium or behind a microphone. There's so many ways that you can just get out there and help people. And it's amazing what will, it will do to you. And it'll turn your situation around. It's really incredible.
0: Well, you guys are incredible, and uh so privileged to have you here. We'll see you Saturday night, and uh, do me a favor, Joel. Can you still bench three hundred pounds? <laughs> In my mind, I can't. I can't physically no. No, not too long ago, you were benching three hundred pounds. I it was. It was a. It was a few years back, but I can do two twenty-five a few times, so i will do all right. <laughs> um, all right, hey, do me a favor. Can you just stick around for one more break? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. All right, great. We'll be right back with Joel and Victoria. Thank you, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Thank you again, uh, Joel and Victoria Olstein. Uh The event is Saturday night, com slash upcoming events, joelosteen.com, yankees.com. Uh, I got a couple of tickets too, by the way, but they're <laughs> spoken for. Um, and you can see Come Home to Hope, 7 o'clock. By the way, if you don't mind, how late does it go? Uh, it's about two and a half hours. Go to about 930 or so. Well, it flies by. And you give everybody the opportunity. Um, I know... You can be saved, and there's that special prayer at the end, but you take it up a notch. People can stand up. Can you tell me a little bit about what happens there and what you provide? Yeah, you know, Greg, a lot of people are a little, they're
1: not ready to come to
0: a church yet, but they'll come to
1: a baseball stadium, and they've watched us on television, maybe they've heard us on the radio, but they've never really taken a stand for their faith. And and Jesus said, if you're not ashamed of me before people, then I won't be ashamed of you for my Father in heaven. So at the end, I always like to give people an opportunity to recommit their life to Christ, or it's a first time in their faith, but I just ask them to stand. And usually, you know, 80, 90% of the congregation, that auditorium will stand. And, and I encourage them to get into a good Bible based church. But just, it's a great way to
0: take a stand for your faith. It's an amazing moment. And uh, there, is that, there is that hesitation. I'm not going to deny. Yeah. I always take advantage of it. I, I stand up, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's somehow cleansing. How is your family? Everybody's
1: great. Our son, Jonathan, he's just got married a couple months ago. Beautiful wife. And Alexander, our daughter's here with us. They're, they'll both be here with us at the stadium as well. But everybody's doing great. My mom's great. Family's all good.
0: Um, can I ask you this? You did not set out to become a celebrity, obviously. It was not. Yeah. You probably never dreamt of it. But here you are, your household name famous. Uh, there are plenty of uh, challenges and great things that come with that. Um, Victoria. How do you guys cope with that? That's That's got to be, I mean, and very few people know what that's like.
2: Well, you know what? I think sometimes we just like have to just keep doing what God's called us to do. You can't get distracted by all the noise out there. We all hear a lot of noise out there. And so it's just a matter of trying to stay focused, keeping our family together. I mean, we have enough to keep us busy than to try, than, you know, trying to figure out how to fix other Things that are being said or done or whatever. So, you know, I think that we just we just kind of try to keep our heads above the water and just loving our family and loving people.
1: Yeah, Greg, I don't give it much. I don't give it any emotional energy. Life's too short. There's always going to be people that don't understand what you're doing or mischaracterize you. I mean, I think anybody that's making a difference deals with that. And even at work, just you don't have to be in front of people. There's always going to be somebody talking or a lot of negative chatter. But my thought is this. You only have so much emotional energy each day. Man, I, I'm. You need your energy to accomplish your dreams, to love your wife, to play with your kids, and I just don't believe in giving any energy to the negative. So I don't read any of it, and I would encourage each of you don't don't read negative things said about you. Don't don't replay what a coworker said. Just just let it go. Life's too short. This day's a gift from God. Live it in faith. Enjoy it. Use your energy to to move forward.
0: You know, you talk about that things that happen at work, things that your boss said. You yeah. make it very real and relatable because. Everybody is going through that stuff and uh oh by the way, uh yeah, you're 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 famous but what was it gonna oh, I remember a while back you said you had some critic and they came to you, you said, You know, your critic says such and such or what do you think of what Joe Blow just said? And you're like Excuse me, but who's Joe Blow?
1: <laughs> you didn't even know. I don't write. I don't, I don't know all the theolo- theolo- theologians. I can't even say it. No, I don't, because I don't spend any energy on it. I really don't.
0: Well, it's it's amazing. And actually, to the folks out there, um, I actually found that almost hard to believe. But then I got your light years beyond me. But I got to a point where there was a little bit of uh, public attention. And quite frankly, if I see criticism of me, it's like looking at the weather in Portugal. It makes no difference whatsoever, yeah. and yeah. if actually if there is no criticism, I'm like, well, maybe I'm not trying hard enough. I don't yeah. know. There's something, and it, and what ultimately matters most. What, what if 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 I ask you that question, what ultimately matters most? I
1: say fulfilling your purpose, because I mean, my goodness, you look at you know, I'm pur- we're people of faith. Jesus had critics, he got crucified, and he didn't do anything wrong. And so, <sighs> I think just fulfilling your purpose, because you can't fulfill your highest potential without. Critics, without naysayers, without betrayals, without rejection. I believe God uses closed doors, and I mean, he, I mean, Judas betrayed Jesus. Well, that's how we got. That's how salvation came about. So I think sometimes we we fight things that we don't need to fight. We should let it go. We should move forward. And uh, I don't know. Again, just not giving any energy to it.
0: Joel Osteen, Victoria Osteen, uh, Osteen. Thank you so much. A privilege to have you guys here in the studio, and. we'll Everybody should go. Believe me, you should go see him live at Yankee Stadium for Come Home to Hope. Tickets are available. Well, wherever you get tickets, you're to go to Yankees.com, JoelOsteen.com, Ticketmaster.com. 7 o'clock, Saturday night. I will be there. Enjoy. Okay. Thank you both very much. Thank you. And see you guys tonight at 10 o'clock on Newsmax. Oh, oh.